And with that, I invite you to stand as you are able. <laughs> so last Wednesday, we, we had the start of a new church season. It was a beautiful, uh, a beautiful and powerful worship, if you were part of it. It was Ash Wednesday. And so over these six weeks, it's, this, it's the church season of Lent. Now, maybe you've noticed this over the last few weeks, that it's starting to get brighter in the morning. And did you know, like, the nights, it doesn't feel like pitch black at 4.30. That's pretty nice, right? The days are lengthening. And Lent um, literally means lengthen. So during these six weeks leading up to Good Friday and to Easter, um, we're going to be in this season of Lent. And what does it mean as the days grow longer for our faith to grow deeper? So we're in a brand new sermon series at Living Waters called Uprooted. So to be rooted in faith, just like that tree, to, to look at that and, and, and to be rooted in, in God's love. And what does it mean when our lives are turned upside down, when we are uprooted ourselves? Where's God in the middle of that? So I love you can either follow along um, with our, our scripture on the screen, or you could open your pew Bibles to page 424 as we, as we dive into God's word. David writes this, Happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or take the path that sinners tread or sit in the seat of scoffers, but their delight is in the law of the Lord and on his law they meditate day and night. They are like trees planted by streams of water which yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Maybe you don't know this, but right now we're in the middle of an epidemic. Maybe you've seen the news. Maybe you've heard um, the reports and it, it seems like kind of fear is spreading. And as we face this epidemic, um, it, 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 I think it causes us to maybe isolate ourselves a little more. You notice as we came in, we we're like, I, I couldn't stop myself. I was high-fiving and shaking hands. Too bad, people. I share because I care. But there is an epidemic, isn't it? We know what it is, right? It's what? Ooh, you do know. You've heard of this thing, right? The coronavirus. But there's actually a, an epidemic that goes undiagnosed. That they say right here in the United States, 80% of us are facing it every single day. We're experiencing symptoms of it. And, and too often, we, we're not going to the doctor. And, and, and it just goes. And, and there's a simple cure, but we're facing it. And, and it causes things like memory loss. And it causes um, stress and... Um, actually more mental health issues. It causes us um, actually to be sleepless and have low energy. But all too often, every single day, eight out of ten of us are facing this. There's a simple, crazy, medical, simple thing that they found. And the miracle of it is this. 
It's water. 80% of us, did you know, are dehydrated? Sounds silly. Oh, we're not drinking enough water, Dan? No, we're not. And dehydration actually causes us to have all these things, including not being at our best and being irritable with our, our families and, and stressing out at work and being so tired. So what do we do? We're like, well, I just need another cup of coffee or we need to down that energy drink. And that's going to help us. But, the, but actually, the key of it is just water. We're made up of water, but we're so thirsty that we don't even realize it. And what the experts are telling us in this epidemic, that we're so thirsty that you know what most of us do? We don't drink water. We don't drink soda. We don't drink energy drinks. We don't drink um, whatever it is to, to help satisfy that thirst. You know what we do? We eat. We are so thirsty that it actually triggers our hunger pangs. And instead of going for the glass of water that's going to solve it, we eat. We go through the, the drive through at McDonald's. You know who you are. Don't let anyone see you in McDonald's, but man, my kids get the happy meals. Sorry. I get them to the playland. That's okay then, right? They get a happy meal and they run it off. Okay, that's probably not. You may not have known it. You may not have realized it, but we're dry and thirsty. And, and I mean it on a deeper level. This epidemic, I think, is really going, especially on that emotional level, and on a spiritual level. We're so thirsty and we don't even know it. Desperate for that next precious thing that's going to give us life. And too often, just like when, when we're so thirsty and dehydrated that we get these hunger pangs and, and we have just an extra helping of pizza or whatever it is, in our spiritual lives, we're desperate, desperate for something. And so we fill it. We fill it with things that don't help ultimately. A few years ago, I, I had the gift, and it was such a gift. I went on a mission trip, and if you've never been on a mission trip, like some of our kids are, are going on, on mission trips this summer, and if you could support them in that, it actually could impact their lives forever. So you can make a difference by, by buying a stock. That is such a simple thing, but it can, it can make the difference for Cassie and for others. Um, but I was able to go on a mission trip while I was at seminary becoming a pastor, and it was in one of the driest times of my life. Now, David is talking about this beautiful, he gives this image, just starting all 150 books of the Psalms. He talks about um, you and me, and he talks about how he wants us to be like trees and rooted in water, that our roots go deep and that, that we, can, we can be quenched by that no matter what's going on outside of us. In the time I went to Guatemala on a mission trip, it was as beautiful. Look at this. Look at this area. It's San Lucas Toliman, one of the most gorgeous places I've ever seen. Um, this still amazing lake, Lake Atitlan, and over it are, are mountains, dormant volcanoes. Gorgeous. The people are, are these beautiful Mayan people, and 
so generous, so incredible. And in the time that I was going on this mission trip to help them, I, I was so, so dry, so uprooted in my life. And, and what was so hard in the middle of this life-giving time, I myself, I, I, I needed what I was supposed to be giving to others. I needed the love of God. Now, have, do you have that in your life maybe right now? Maybe you're struggling in a personal, in a personal relationship and it's just, it, it, maybe it was life-giving, but it's not anymore. Maybe for some of you here, maybe you've lost someone through, through death or divorce or just a, a breakup. You're feeling dry and thirsty. Thirsty for, for partnership and for love. Maybe for you it's something different. But, but in this pivotal time, I don't like to talk about it too much, but I had met someone and she was also in seminary. And she was incredible. And it was kind of, we'd gotten engaged and she had all the, all the gifts and all the abilities. She was someone I, I looked up to and respected. And we were going to get married. And about a month and a half before, I, I, I knew there were signs that this was just as much as I loved her, I knew, I knew I couldn't go through with the wedding. And so as hard as it was, I, I called it off. Devastating. Devastating for her. Devastating for our families and friends that loved us both. We didn't get married, but, but we'd done planning and we'd, 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 we'd reserved things. And I mean, and so we were going to get married just, and I'd known this, just weeks before I was going to go on this trip. And so when I found myself in this beautiful paradise, just luscious, I mean beautiful trees that were, that were strong and growing around the mountain, um, the lake, just, just amazing, I, I couldn't experience anything. I mean, I, I was just in the middle of a depression. I felt so guilty. I had so much shame. I mean, how could I do this to someone? I, I cared about her. I wanted what was best for her. And even though I knew it was the right thing to do, I just retreated. I just went inside myself. And I, I, it was a dark time. What do you do when it, even when it's your actions? What do you do when you find yourself in this thirsty time, when, you're, when your life is just turned upside down? And, and where's God in the middle of that? So in Guatemala, here I was, um, experiencing, experiencing I, I thought, what, what God was hoping for, but I didn't feel connected with him. And, and I started to hear about the people of Guatemala, and they had so much bigger struggles than you or me. And it paled in comparison even to this horrible time that I was having, and yet I, I was still feeling so separated from them. You see, people in Guatemala... I mean, in Lake Atitlan, in San Lucas, this little community, they have one, one thing that they rely on, and it's coffee. 
they have one thing that they can harvest, and they've done it for a long time, and they, they grow the coffee, they, they harvest the coffee beans, and the crazy thing about it is that for the coffee, they get one harvest a year. One. And they have to rely on that the rest of the year. So when the harvest comes for the coffee, they're hoping and praying that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be okay. And the crazy thing is, um, they have to grow the coffee, they've learned, because there isn't a lot of fields. So they've grown it on the side of the mountain. In fact, they have to put ropes up to, the, to, the, um, to different trees um, to be able to harvest the coffee that they've planted. Crazy, right? Risking their lives. And so they have like this saying, like as they go out to harvest the coffee, um, to be able to go get it, they say, don't fall off the field. <laughs> Crazy, right? And if that harvest is terrible, then what? They have very little in the first place. And most families that we found, they would live, live, families of eight or ten or twelve in, fa- in a room, a house about this big. No running water, relying simply on one harvest. And the rest of the season, they wait and hope and pray. But then they discovered, and, and the church actually helped them do this, that maybe we don't have to just rely on coffee. And so they were trying to think of different ways that they could make a living and make an impact for others. And they came up with a, a simple but powerful one. They decided to plant trees. They decided to plant the cypress tree, uh, one that grows really quickly, and they started, they started this. And in addition to the coffee, they would start to plant the trees. Now, if you don't know this, Guatemala has two seasons. They don't have winter, the eight months of winter we have here, right? Crazy. Um, but they do have the wet season and the dry season. For six months, it rains every day. And for six months, it's dry as dust. So when they started to plant the cypress trees, they, they got the, the seeds and they would plant these, these just little saplings and then they would go plant them and they would do it in the wet season because then it could be nourished and the trees could grow and the trees shot up. And in the first harvest, this is when they were just starting it decades ago, you know what they found? The saplings, when, when they had planted them and they grew, once it hit the dry season, just six months in, you know, they'd been watered and watered and watered and they'd grown well. As soon as it hit the dry season, every single one of those trees died. They couldn't survive. In the wet season, they'd just become used to it. They'd grown and that's all they knew. And it hit the dry season and they couldn't, they couldn't get through it. The roots weren't deep enough. The roots would spread in shallow ways and get the water. So then they did something crazy. They decided to plant the trees in the dry season. And for six months, they, they would have to nourish it. They'd have to tend to them. And they would plant them, and, and as they did, they, they didn't grow as high, but they grew deep. Their roots were so much stronger. And so when you hit the wet season, then they just exploded the cypress. And, and then in the next dry season, 
almost all of them not only survived, but they thrived. They prospered. And I wonder, you and me dehydrated most of us. Most of us physically, and I, and I think on a deep level, spiritually, thirsty. The dry season comes way too fast, right? So what if God is asking us, God is hoping for us to be like what David says in Psalm 1. He says, I want you to be like those trees planted by streams of water which yield their, yield their fruit in its season and their leaves do not wither. In all that they do, they prosper. He's saying even in the dry times, even in the times you're thirsty, even in the times you're uprooted, where your life feels like what's going to be next? To be rooted deep. So how do we do that? Well, Jesus has this amazing invitation. He connects with this woman by a well. It's Jacob's well. It's, it's one that's so well known by all of God's people. For generations they had known this. And he meets this woman and he says, you know, you're by the well. But if you drink that water, you're, you're going to be thirsty in just a little bit, even if you had as much as you could. He says, I want you to drink from living waters. And she says, sir, how can, how can I get this water? Did you know what the name of our church is? I wonder if God is reminding us especially that the season is all too often dry. We're trying to fill it. Trying to fill it with some addictions and some things that we know are not the best possible thing for us. We're trying to fill that thirst in ways, not only with addictions, but in relationships that are not life-giving. We try to fill it in our work. We try to put stock in our kids and, and really put that, and that's what's going to feed us. But those make our roots just shallow. You need to be nourished with living waters. So here's the crazy thing, that maybe we can start. Start to hear God's call a little bit more. To hear that he wants you to be rooted in him. To be rooted in his word. To feel that God's not only with you. God's with you in the driest times of your life. Like I was there in Guatemala. And, and God is trying to reach you and trying to help you know that especially in your dry times, he just wants you to come to him. He just wants you to know that there's nothing else. Your family, your friends, co-workers, your work, nothing of that is going to be what nourishes you. It's only the one that values you and loves you and redeems you and forgives you and helps you to know that there's going to be something more. So today, let's take a long, slow drink of the stuff that gives us life. The living waters of our Lord. Amen. Let's pray. God, thank you for the ways you nourish us, the ways you hope to fill us. God, so many of us right now, there are things in our lives that you know about, things, things that make us feel just dry, and we thirst so much for value, for meaning, for purpose. God, help us to realize that it, that meaning and that purpose, that it, the ways that we can be sustained, are, it's so simple but so hard to just rely on you. 
to be rooted in you. God, remind us in our, in even and especially our dry times, just like the cypress, that that's a time that our roots could grow deeper in you. That during those hard times that you're helping us to see we, we need to be nourished in you. We need to rely on you, the true one that's going to feed us. So God, help us to, to go out because there's so many others that feel so dry, so many others that need you. And help us to just share, share some love, some of your love. And help them know that they, they can be ones that are rooted in you too. So God, help us to do that through invitations. Help us to do that by walking alongside people. Help us by, by maybe forgiving that, that, that one other person. And in, in it all, God, help us to know that you love us unconditionally, that you nourish us and feed us. And all God's people said, Amen.